I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Coin of Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, the world's most frustrated Miles Sanders manager. I will draft Derrick Henry next year. I will draft Derrick Henry next year. I will draft Derrick Henry next year. And BFFs with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by all of the guys. We have the Duck Father, Governor and Overseer of Derrick Henry Rage Manor, lead singer of Hanson, comic Chad. And the man formerly known as Steve Timberland, resident old man Clark Barnes, Scotty Miller fanboy, and about averagely frustrated Miles Sanders manager, hopeless Lamar Jackson romantic, and proud father of left tackle Quentin Nelson, the tight end whisperer Jordan Smith, he'll be joining us later. And finally, fantasy football's premier internet doctor, loather of Adam Gase, is kind of falling for Mitchell Trubisky and thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys, the ginger woodsman Nick Botterford. Guys, how we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Good, Pete. Um, I wanted to, how are you? I am well, thank you. So I want to challenge you who, what, uh, you, you're the number one Miles Sanders frustrated manager. What, what happened? Did you start him for, or did you bench him in place of Debo Samuel and his nine yards? Because if not, I think I might deserve that intro. Time. I mean, I did, I did bench Miles Sanders and I did have Debo, but I didn't bench Miles Sanders for Debo. I benched Miles Sanders for Giovanni Bernard. How many single-digit yards did he, did I beat? Gio, did Gio had two, Gio had at like two carries for five yards and a fumble. <laughs> it was incredible. Okay, so this is the second time when someone has called me out and been like, "I actually did have a worse start than Debo, and it one was Michael Williams." Now, a guy who I guess got negative points or something. Anyway, Miles, he really should have texted us or let us know that he's actually going to get a full workload. Um, Kind of pissed that he didn't do that. Yeah. It was uh, the Miles Sanders breakout was not not good for me. Not good for me. Uh, Jordan, on the other hand, just moved him to his uh, – moved him to his what? Uh, I think he's moved him to his flex spot as punishment, and that was that was his uh, – that was, you know. So he, he still enjoyed the 30-whatever points. Um, yeah, that's also, not real pain. No, not real pain at all. Get out of here, Jordan, with that, with that faux pain. Um. It's been a while since Speaking you guys have lucky swings. I accidentally started Cam Akers in one of my consolation brackets. So that was And awesome. there you go. Cam Akers finally giving Clark something when it doesn't matter. Apparently there was a game on Thursday night. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew because I started Cam Newton. Cam Newton gave me negative 0.6 points. So that was fun. It was all around just an absolute shit week for me. Don't Is- worry. We'll t- touch on it later. Is Cam on the docket? No, he's not. Your rapid response, what what are you hoping for at this point, Cam Newton-wise, next year? 
you for me the, the, yeah, as, the a Patriots, Patriots as a Patriots fan. fan? Yeah. Oh, I want I want the Patriots to sign Cam Newton to at least a one year one year more deal, one year longer deal, and go get him some actual help. I have gotten into multiple Twitter battles with people who have been like, "Oh, I want to see something from Jared Stidham." It's like I understand now. If the Patriots want to see something from Jared Stidham, fine. This season is a complete trash. Like it's wasted. Let's just see what he's got. But it's like none of these quarterbacks are working with anything. So unless you're going to somehow Jared Stidham is going to somehow magically make like you know, Nikhil Harry and, and fucking bird Darius bird or whatever. Why am I thinking of the, the Demir Demir? I'm thinking of, uh, uh, the, the, the free safety for the saints. And the uh, uh, years ago. Bayard. Darius Bayard. <laughs> uh, anyways. Yes. I would like the Patriots to retain Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a good quarterback. <sighs> as much as I hate to say this, I think this year we're seeing, uh, just how good, Tom Brady was at doing specifically what he was good at doing, which is putting a team on his back and kind of uh, making lemonade out of lemons. Cam Newton is not that style of quarterback. He's got a big, long motion. He can run. He can do a lot of good things, but uh, needs some help. And the offense that they're running is kind of seems like a novel. I'm going to try to show you that I can run a college offense in the NFL. I don't know if it's because they haven't had enough time to get adjusted to each other or because they just don't have enough people on the team, but I'd still think him is a good quarterback and like to see him on the Patriots again next year. If the Patriots actually realize you don't have Tom Brady anymore, you're going to need to put some pieces around your quarterback. Yeah. I do yeah. hope this has been cathartic in, in that regard, Pete, because I, I, I can't imagine actually being like a real East coaster Patriots fan, just, being someone who appreciates them out here, the amount of times that like the Patriots come up and they're like, people will just say, well, you know, we don't, we don't know actually if they were really good because of all that cheating. And I, it Love just, it. it drives me out of my mind. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, give, give Cam Newton some actual weapons and let's, uh, and let's see what happens. Cam Newton in advanced stats above average quarterback. Uh, all right. Well, we got some news to talk to. We're going to play uh, a little holiday segment. Uh, but before we get into any of that, happy birthday to Nick's mom, who Nick gave the middle finger to and went on to this podcast instead of celebrating with her. So Nick, priorities in line, I, uh, all done. I will tell Vicky the, the kind <laughs> words. All right, let's get through some news. All right, we start with the news. Matt Stafford possibly out for week 15 with a rib injury. Uh, He suffered it this past week when the Lions took on the uh, Packers. Lions passing game has looked a lot better since Matt Patricia got fired with guys like Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, and even a little bit of Danny Amendola there for you deeper leagues uh, playing well. Obviously, Chase Daniels or Chase Daniel, because it's not plural. He's a singular Dan. Chase Daniel versus the Titans isn't great for Lions pass catchers. so if he does miss week 15, if Matt Stafford is at week 15, that um, does cer- certainly temper your expectations, would temper your expectations for the Lions pass catchers. Am I right, Clark? Because I know you've got a lot of them. So I've been leaning on Marvin Jones in a couple of leagues as my third wide receiver. And for the past few weeks uh, with Patricia, the yoke of Matt Patricia off the team, it's been fantastic. But uh, Jones will move out of my lineup for whatever hot, let's take a chance on some Texans wide receiver that we've never heard of or uh, another team fires their coach. And we're going to go after that uh, unlikely wide receiver because Marvin Jones is very good, but we've seen the backup in Detroit this year and it's not pretty. Yeah. I think the Marvin Jones uh, fantasy impact might be hit 
doubly either from Matthew Stafford potentially missing the game or maybe on the off chance we can wish upon a star that Kenny Galladay plays a football game and he comes back from that hip injury and that just sucks targets away from Marvin Jones as well. Um, really a, a quite a bummer because the Lions, especially with Matt Patricia, been feeling that that dead cat bounce of losing him and they're actually throwing the ball downfield. So, so Your dead uh, cats bounce. Is that a thing? Yeah. I wanted to get Clark's reaction to that. Something <laughs> so, happened. I, did, I didn't My know dead cats it was bounce. A, as a stock trading term. Um, yes. But yeah. So, uh, damn it. Okay. Wait. Yeah, no, I got it. Uh, so cool, cool, cool dudes. Uh, some doctors, put together a really cool website the fantasy doctors and they were discussing this week but they didn't they bring think- on the world's the internet's premier fantasy football doctor nick this is a lot this is where you need to step up your branding nick i just let me i just want to tell you this as the leading expert on injuries on twitter nicholas you need to be marketing yourself as such and whenever a site is created for this express purpose of talking about injuries nick you should be the forefront on that. i know I know I've dropped the ball. I, uh, I, as a, as an aside, my middle name is, is Hunter after, uh, Dr. Thompson. And, uh, I've tried desperately to find a way to apply for like a $12 doctor license that, that he also used. Um, but they just don't exist anymore. So I am merely a, a reverend. Um, I do have certification for that. Anyway, I should approach them with that. If they need some sort of reverend status on their team, reverend status point, is important, but long story short, uh, they, they, they were uh, opining that Kenny Galladay's hip designation is very uh, likely to be uh, also defined as contract. And so I, and I, I think we're kind of seeing uh, AJ Green 2.0 here. Um, so which, you know, Joe, Marvin, Marvin Jones is really tough this week because they're playing the Titans. And so, they're, you know, it's just this clown show of a secondary that they're running around out there. Like if they, if, if Daniel just, loads him up with targets i could see it working but it there is like a bottom dropping out floor that is associated with it yeah um because we have seen it before and it, and it has uh not been pretty quick aside evidently patriots fans don't want kenny galladay on their team so because they're a bunch of fucking idiots it will be nice to no longer have every spicy free agent be associated with the Patriots because they're just so much smarter than everyone else. This year, I believe, has humbled New England's ownership. Of that. Oh, I think that's super. T- that being said, the fact that like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, like all these guys are hitting free agency this year, and of course, it's just like, what do the Patriots need? Wide receiver? Yes. Out of all of those guys, who would y'all like to have the most? I know it's hard, and a team needs matter, but hundred percent Allen Robinson. Me. Uh, Allen yeah. Robinson is a, is a top okay. 15 wide receiver in the, in the NFL. Like it's, it's, I think Juju is a close second because I think he's the heir apparent to, to Julian Edelman, but uh, like he's that perfect kind of do it all receiver, but I don't understand the Allen Robinson hate. It's the guy is, is doing numbers with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick fucking Foles as his quarterback. Yeah. I am fired up this podcast. I, I don't think that there's anyone. I mean, I, I think he's probably the best like most talented NFL receiver. And I, and no, no, suck on, it on to Vontae there. Adams. But I mean, Al, what Allen Robinson does with you, you mentioned the quarterbacks, but the coaching too. I mean, All Nagy the and then whoever the hell they had in, in Jacksonville. Like it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, he's amazing. 
So uh, I think what 23 year old Juju Smith-Schuster versus 30 year old Allen Robinson, you still think no argument. And that's okay. If you do, I just, I'm just, okay. I think Juju's a, a close, a close numero dose. Who's the worst free agent wide receiver. That's the one the Patriots are going to sign. <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna absolutely crush. It's gonna crush me. Um, all right, let's move on to the news. Gardner Minshew is now the starting quarterback for the Jaguars yet again. Mike Lennon got benched uh, for Minshew partway through Sunday, and now Minshew is taking back the starting gig, which begs the question: Nicholas, are the Jags so bad that they're tanking their tank job? What does that mean? They're t- oh, they're tanking their tank. Okay, got it. Um, I don't think it matters who they start against Baltimore. So, um. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe they feel like Mike Lennon is their quarterback of the future, so they're sacrificing Gardner Minshew to the Wolves of uh, Baltimore's defense. I think that they're probably trying to just find out what they have in Minshew once and for all. They seem to shy away from him, but I think, yeah, I get. I, so I guess maybe they are they are tanking that, it, which I I get doing because if you have a potential franchise quarterback, you have to find out if that's the case, right? Like they they can't let. Minshew go and then roll the dice on a rookie and then see Minshew go off and succeed somewhere else. Like you, as, as a general manager, I, I, you can't friggin' do that. Um, but yeah, it's this Baltimore. I, I actually, their, their defense is, I think in my opinion, kind of so, so just with all the injuries they have going on, Chicago has been weird, but still really, really good. And, and then Indy. So, I mean, he's got like a murderer's row ahead of him. Minshew that is. So they'll, his medal will be tested. I think they're just putting the better quarterback back in. Minshew is better than Glennon, and I don't think that that's really a hot take. And I think that we've seen what uh, Minshew is going to be in his career. Uh, on the on the upside, he's going to be a Kirk Cousins and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, which if you get a good coach in there and surround that person with talent, can be good enough. But I think we saw earlier this year that He's not quite good enough to put a team on his back and, uh, you know, carry them all the way, which is, which is not an insult. There's only what we're lucky now. There's like six guys in the NFL that can do that. Uh, so I think they're just putting in the better player. I think the fantasy impact is that it's a bump for Chark and it's a bump for James Robinson to have a better quarterback in there. But Nick, I really think you hit the nail on the head. Their schedule is their schedule is tough. Yeah, I don't think coaches think in terms of tanking their seasons. Like, they don't want to lose because they don't want that sort of thing on their resume if they get fired at the end of the season. Like, oh, what happened here? This enti- Not this, just this entire season, but this last month of the season. Um, but if I'm a Jaguars fan, I'm talking myself into, like, okay, we got to see what we got in Gardner Minshew because the Jets don't look like they're going to accidentally win a couple games here at the end. I mean, they they already almost did but they ended up blowing that anyway. But they, but they um, did an did it all-out blitz, zero coverage on a Hail Mary, which is just brilliant move, Greg Williams. Way to, way to take one for the team. They, I amend my former statements. I think Adam Gase is not above tanking as a head coach. Um, <laughs> but I, I think you got to play it maybe you just think to yourself as a Jaguars fan, like, I don't really have a chance for Trevor Lawrence. Do we know if these other guys are any better? Um, maybe there's a good piece that we can get to help build the infrastructure first because they've lost a lot of talent all over that football team. Super true. All right, moving on in the news. Uh, Debo Samuel left the game Sunday with a possible pretty serious hamstring injury to which I say, honestly, Kyle Shanahan, we know you listen to the podcast. 
just shut him down for the year. He's too good and too important to you and fantasy managers everywhere to have him be constantly re-injuring himself. Give him plenty of time to get healthy, and then let's ride in 2021. Besides, Brandon Ayuk is doing plenty for y'all right now, uh, and it's not like you have real playoff hopes. So I would hate just for, like, uh, Debo Samuel to, like, keep playing and, like, play his way into some sort of nagging long-term injury. So just shut him down for the year. We'll see him in 2021. So his statement today, I believe, uh, Shanahan's, was that they'd have to make the playoffs for Debo to okay, good. return to the field. Thanks for listening, Kyle. Not, but that's not shutting him down, right? That's yes. like he's now healthy enough to play. And, uh, man, i just going to – this is going to be my new fucking thing. I used to talk about Chow all the time. Now it's Fantasy Doctors. They went in-depth on how Julio may have, like, permanently damaged yeah his i saw that. and it's really interesting um uh you know i'm a complete idiot on this stuff but it is it is it, it is intriguing i hope that they shut him down because you're a minister nick you don't un, don't under don't undermine your ability to dissect the human body amen kittle might be back in 16 though in week 16 oh awesome good but That's yeah go Ayuk. Ayuk's gonna kill it yeah i I've yeah been eaten I actually did just want to chime in to praise Brandon Ayuk because the conversation the past couple of weeks has been between um, Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson, the, the two Justins for rookie of the year. But I'm like, Brandon Ayuk has been the number one option in San Francisco with the hodgepodge of Garoppolo and Nick Mullers, no Kittle. He's been on and off and putting up points. He's wide receiver 30. So he, he's been like a really good tar fantasy lineups to put in the flex and just give you a cool 12 to 14 points every week. As an yeah, unnecessary. Oh, go. Yeah, go Pete. Oh, I was just muttering to myself that he's been okay. playing really well. I just wanted to shit on Dave Damachek for a minute. Cause I think he's just terrible, but he does that stupid. And if L thing, Aww. we can talk about it, Clark. I think there's no purpose for him in existence and we have no issue if he was just disappeared. But I have enjoyed said, many Dave Damashek bits. And okay. if you listen to him constantly, I can understand your point of view as well. Dave I, Damashek, I, come on to the show. Let's do this. Uh, Let's have Nick and Dave would, battle awesome. it out. I am so here for this. Damn you, Damashek. So, um, anywho, NFL, there was that report. Silva somehow got word that the Saints wanted IUK at 20. And hmm. Shanahan was like, afterwards, he was freaking out. And sources were saying he was he was considering taking Ayuk instead of Kinlaw and I know that every team says this but it seemed as though this was from um uh the ex the ex quarterback Chris Sims who's like really good friends with Shanahan and he was the one who reported it so I I believe it point is this year would look so much different if Ayuk had gone to New Orleans and I know we don't have to we don't have a lot of time but that thought is just really intriguing you know Michael Thomas had he been out what they would have been able to do just inserting this after the catch beast he would have been he would have been a pretty nice pretty nice in New Orleans certainly would have helped the Taysom Hill experience which hasn't been terrible but certainly would have you know maybe they would have beaten the Eagles what you doing Saints finally in the news Ronald Jones may have fractured his pinky versus the Vikings so the Bucks play the Falcons next week, uh, so I guess maybe don't fire Le- Leonard Fournette up because the Falcons have actually been really good against the run, so just ignore this backfield. Leonard Fournette has also been a healthy scratch like the past two weeks. I don't know what's going on there, but it's also Leonard Fournette, so he probably, <laughs> he probably did something or said something or went home on the bye and ate a ton of gumbo. This is just 
there's a lot. This is where you should write things down for next year. We should gather food for mm. thought for all for how we feel now because we're gonna have four months to forget what it was like and why these things happened, and then we're just gonna be looking at raw stats. But what's happened with Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield is one of the more confusing things to me. You have Ronald Jones, who, while he's never been like a fast uh, pass catcher back, he does have those types of skills, and it's never been even seemingly looked into to see if he could do it. (laughs) And then you get a famous for being a straight line bruiser back in free agency and seemingly arbitrarily make him your third down back which he like can technically do but especially when you drafted a third round back a third down back right so just like that was Keyshawn's bond whole thing was that like he's a great pass catcher and everyone's like oh this is they drafted Tom Brady's James White and it's like no it's Leonard Fournette there's no sport where a coaching change or Coaches have more of an influence, I think, on the fantasy game than football. So just when we're getting really excited about Tom Brady's uh, sophomore season in Tampa Bay and what running back it's going to be, just remember how hard it was this year. Just remember. Yep. That's why I'm like going to get draft Derrick Henry tattooed on my arm so that I just will never forget the fact that every single goddamn December, Derrick Henry runs for 200 yards a game and three touchdowns. It just happens every single game. I'm going to put the double reverse chutzpah on him. I'm going to rank him 101. He'll be finished. <laughs> and it'll be finished. All right. Well, there you go. That's the news. Uh, before we get into our main segment, let us take a quick advertisement break because we got to get that bills so that we can buy Christmas gifts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, and it's time for our main thing of the pod uh which is perfectly themed for the holidays thanks to the brilliance of clark barnes and it is called ho 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 or no 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 as fantasy is officially uh, a week-to-week game because two-week playoff rounds are stupid who you start and sit is extremely important and capitalizing on spikes and trends is a must in order to win. So I have six players who are going to gauge our confidence in for week 15 using our Santa's O scale. One ho means you have no confidence in this player. Two hoes means you feel fine, not particularly strong either way. And all three hoes mean you're 100% buying it. Also, this is a time to show off your best Santa impression, so be prepared. Now, First off, I want to say congrats to all you who are listening to this who still have meaningful fantasy ahead of you. I do not, as I was bested by my wife, because Devontae Adams, Jonathan Taylor, Mike Davis all decided that this was the week to go off. So, fun for me. All right. 
Let's start with the player on everyone's mind, who we talked about at the opening of this show, with Jalen Hurts under center. We finally saw Miles Sanders go off, totaling for over 100 yards against a formidable Saints defense. So for Week 15, Miles Sanders is a must-start. Jordan, your confidence in that statement? Um, I was completely shook by (laughs) by the game and the output that Miles Sanders put out. Granted, a lot of it was on one very large run sometimes that's just all you need though to get the spark back going and um i was afraid about the saints but you know with with a dual threat quarterback like jalen hurts i can really open things up in a way that i didn't really imagine before uh miles sanders plays the cardinals and then in your potential championship week he plays dallas so i am going to eat a ton of crow and swing the other way from my rhetoric last week and go ho 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 all three hoes to miles sanders right is that super that's right positive? you did a great that's job jordan scale? you oh, played right. it right well done well done nick what do you think i question whether we should be playing this game but i Nick, stop being grinch so i am kind of grinchy uh, yeah, this he, he's got a great schedule, and Hertz clearly did something for the offense, which is way more than what uh, we can say about Wentz. The next game, so presumably semifinals, um, is against Arizona. Arizona has three of their starting defensive linemen on injured reserve, and they've got uh, Devondre Campbell, inside linebacker, who was out last week. If I recall correctly, he was unable to practice in any of their practices, so it wasn't even close. Good chance he's out again this week too. So, I mean, you count it, that's four players of their front seven that that's injured. Like if Sanders can't get it done in, in that kind of a situation, don't ever trust him. Um, and then they showed us that they're they're They went back to him as, as their main guy. Um, so yeah. And then after that, he gets Dallas, like it's really a pretty fortuitous um, semifinal and, and championship uh, two game stretch here. So yeah. Uh, uh, I will give Miles Sanders three hoes. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Terrible Santa impression. Yeah, for next year, bring it home, gonna, baby. For next year, this is going to be, uh, you're going to hear it all offseason. In three games last year, Miles Sanders was the <laughs> running back, too. That's why he's my 103 right behind Derrick Henry and Derper Derper. So, uh, for whatever reason, uh, when coaches put in another quarterback, the opposing coach seemingly forgets what to do. And the coach that puts the new quarterback in simplifies everything so that his players can execute uh, what they've failed to execute all year with their really complicated plays. I think that's what we saw last week. And we're going to see that for the next two games here. Justin Herbert getting in there. A uh, bit of a risk, you know, rushing the football, which always helps running backs. But also just, I think the Eagles coaching staff no longer trying to be the cleverest people they can be and just doing the things that their players can do is going to bode very well for Miles Sanders in the next couple of weeks. Ha, ha, ha. Ooh, all three hoes from Clark. I, uh, as a Miles Sanders manager, will give it ho, ho, two hoes. I don't trust him, but I'm also going to start him in my consolation bracket because... I have nothing to play for. All right, let's move on. Um, Clark, this is for you. It's really painful, so be prepared. <laughs> uh, all right, here's your statement, Clark. How many? How how confident are you in this? <clears throat> I would rather start Mitchell Trubisky versus the Vikings this week than Deshaun Watson versus the Colts in fantasy. 
No, that's no hose. No hose. Well, zero hose given. That is erroneous. All right. Why would you say? No wonder you're in the constellation bracket, Pete. (laughs) Hey, I had Deshaun Watson all season. I I have him in another league. Mitchell Trubisky has now played a couple of very good games. This offense is suddenly becoming a little more uh, revitalized. Meanwhile, the Texans are throwing to one of the Henson brothers. Uh, who the music didn't work out for him. So now he's playing wide receiver and uh, doesn't have anyone to throw the football to. And the last time he played the Colts, he went through for 300 yards and a pick. Mm, are we sure Deshaun Watson's going to put together a good game? Crazier things have happened. Jordan, what's your vibe? How many hoes are you giving this? Um, I'm giving it three no's. Uh, I can't imagine a situation where <laughs> I have that sort of chutzpah to put Mitch Trubisky in over Deshaun Watson in any situation. Um, hopefully, Brandon Cooks was very close to playing this week. Um, he just didn't, so hopefully he'll get a uh, another weapon back. And Mitch Trubisky lit up the first half on Sunday, but he didn't exactly light it up in the second half in terms of stats. Granted, that was game a lot of game script. Uh, possibilities, but I'm just going for Deshaun Watson's talent right now. Yeah, I, I think kind of one thing we haven't really considered with Trubisky is that his decision making is is so lacking that there's a chance that like he forgets to button his pants and they end up at his ankle. Like there's a non-zero chance that he. Point is, Nick is on a tear. This show, he is just bringing people down with him. Love it. He, he has Allen Robinson and against the Vikings, I'm sure that that alone results in like a hundred yards and a touchdown. And you know, that kind of a floor is, is really, really nice. Um, re- regarding Watson, Watson can just get it done against any defense. So I personally would not fear starting him against Indianapolis. I can see in some sort of situation, if you are like, you only need the highest score possible. Like if, if it's, you know, you're, you're playing against like Dalvin cook and uh, I don't know what, and Derek Henry, I guess, I'm trying to think of reliable RB ones at this point. Um, yeah. And, and you need some insane outcome. I could see going with Trubisky because this matchup is, you know, Minnesota is terrible. Like I, I can see that happening. And then again, against Jacksonville next week, I, there, there are situations there, there are, matrix simulations that where this works out that said i'm going to rank deshaun watson probably in the top five and trubisky will probably be at like number 12 maybe 13 so i'm going to the soft no not going to start trubisky over watson that's i'm marking you down nick as two hoes because the definition of two hoes is you feel fine not particularly strong either way and okay. this way I can chalk up that we are split on the podcast, 50-50. <laughs> Good marketing on my part. All right, number three, uh, Deontay Johnson managers shouldn't worry about his drops and benching on Sunday. He's still a rock-solid wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside week 15 versus the, ang- uh, the Bengals. Nick, your confidence level in that. So as I recall, and I'm just double-checking this now, so he he got benched in the first half, and then he came back out as a starter for the second. Is that right? That is correct. James Washington snagged a touchdown from his grasp, and then okay, yeah. So it's against Cincinnati. I'd feel comfortable starting him as a flex option, 
Uh, wide receiver two, no. I, I think at this point, now you've seen the coaching staff discipline him. That's a big deal. And I, I, I don't personally – I'm, I'm not aware of a situation where benching has made someone uh, stop committing mental errors. Right? Well, I, I think, when, when Jordan did it, it worked for Miles Sanders. Okay, so, so we, <laughs> we, have, we have one such scenario on tap. But these things typically seem to be punitive and more so is like limiting a possible bad outcome. But I, I'm, I'm unaware of a receiver who has been experiencing drops and then his coach says, I have so little faith in you. I'm putting you on the bench. <laughs> and then this person finds confidence and, and progress, right? Like Nelson Aguilar, he went to sports therapy, like sat down with a behavioral cognitive therapist and said, here's what's going on. Help me get this figured out. And, and to his credit, he turned it's his worked. career around. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to start Johnson as, as like a, a locked in uh, top 15 or top 24 option. But the matchup is too good for him. Even if even if he gets his normal workload for like a half, Johnson can absolutely bring back high end flex value for you against Cincinnati. Okay, let me see them. Let me hear them hose, Nick. We need to know your level on a scale of one, two, three hose. I would do um, high confidence hoeing on high end flex. All right, well said. Yeah, I think benching, Nick, you kind of nailed it. It is the coaching equivalent of rubbing your dog's nose and pee when it pisses on the carpet. Uh, some idiot probably told you that that was a good idea, but that's not really how you reinforce the behavior that you want to see. Uh, to answer the Deontay Johnson question, I mean, he's just the classic boom bust. This is why I don't do rankings, because I'd have like 15 guys that I would really like, and then 30 <laughs> guys where I was like, which one, which side would you like me to argue for you? Because Deontay Johnson could put up 120 yards and two touchdowns and a half, or he, he could have two, two catches for 15 yards. And no one would be surprised with either one of those matchups with, or with either one of those outcomes, would they? No. Yeah. So just a single, or I, I guess a hoe and a half. Hoe and on a this half. One from me. One and a half hoes for Clark. I'm going to go two hoes on this. Not really strong either way. Um, you, Cause you can talk yourself into, starting Deontay Johnson in that, oh, they're playing the Bengals. That's an easy mark. Um, Eric Ebron was having troubles catching the ball as well that night. And it was like snowing or like, it was damp, whatever. Um, so you can, you talk yourself into like, a oh, maybe, a, maybe a few drops were caused by that, just squeezing through. And uh, he's still a good player and Ben still likes him. Like Deontay Johnson has kind of struggled with this all year. Maybe not as like, prolifically and not as on a huge stage as this last game was, but um, Ben Roethlisberger has still gone back to him and hopefully, you know, Santa got him a jugs machine for Christmas and he's just catching an extra 50 passes after practice now. Yes. Deontay Johnson, you also listen to the podcast. Just go catch like a hundred balls after every single game. Uh, I too give this ho. All right, uh, Jordan, you should drop Todd Gurley. Um, why? <laughs> is there is there a player you're picking up instead? or? Well, we can combine the next one. There is. There is a player that you could be picking up off waivers. Maybe the other way of saying it is just that Todd Gurley does, doesn't belong anywhere near your starting lineup at all anymore. Mm-hmm. 
It, it, I guess it depends. He can be a flex option, um, but his ceiling is incredibly limited, I think. Um, I don't think he's going to blow the doors off and carry you to a fantasy win. So I I would just give it one hoe. I'm probably – hopefully I have two other running backs that are a stronger option, including um, potentially the guy who is coming up after him. I, I might like him a little bit better. Uh, yeah, three – however many is the maximum amount of hoes is what you should – do for for Gurley so I'm just looking up Gurley right now since their week 10 by he's the running back 74 and I understand that he missed some time uh he missed what was it one game because of his bulky knee um but the knee is not getting any better and everyone who listens to this is bored to death of me saying this the the knee is gone it's degenerated it's not getting any better he literally doesn't have a knee anymore that's right it's gone and and so what we're asking here is like, do you want someone on your roster, a running back who can't run in a committee and he has to play Tampa Bay and Kansas city over the next two weeks? Absolutely. He should be dropped for whatever kind of high end uh, flex is out there. And if you're in a reasonable league, the people who are playing, if it's just standard redraft season long, um, people who are out of the playoffs, if, you know, again, if it's like a respectful league, they're, they're probably not doing anything on the waiver wire, or if they are, they're picking guys up in free agency on like Friday so that the teams who are competitive can get who they need. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't imagine having Gurley on a roster and um, I, more importantly, I cannot imagine a scenario where I would start him. Yeah. You're hoping for a Hail Mary touchdown, just eight carries uh, coming off of most of the season. He's been in the 15 to 20 carry mark and struggling to get into the end stone, but still being, somewhat serviceable for you i think it goes to jordan's point of well who are you dropping for because he still may get that goal line work but i'd probably take a shot on almost anyone over todd Gurley. so triple hose on this one. Ho 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 all right so a potential guy who maybe you do replace todd Gurley if you're going to bench or drop todd Gurley, jeff wilson jr for the San Francisco 49ers, is the top waiver target this week and should be plugged right into your starting lineup versus the Dallas Cowboys. Clark, your confidence level in that. I feel like, didn't we do this 10 weeks ago? We've been doing this all year with San Francisco. If Jeff Wilson is going to start, then I'm in. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. Spend it all. (laughs) That's it. I don't have any analysis. He's the San Francisco running back, and if he's going to play, yes, I will spend all my fab, use all of my waiver budget. Yes. It gets three hoes from me as well. So I did have to play Jeff Wilson in a uh, league this week. Uh, unfortunately, did not have Mixon and Antonio Gibson to go. But uh, I, an ugly fumble and a dropped pass might have hurt his um, value in the pecking order um, with Raheem Mostart. Because Mostart did out-touch him, even though Jeff Wilson did get the goal line work. However they do play the Dallas Cowboys next week. So I think that's a juicy matchup for either running back. They could have their way um, with the Cowboys defense. So I'm going to say he has a much better week next week and I'm going to go three hoes. Yeah, I, I think, I think Wilson's a good, uh, a good option for a, uh, for a pickup this week. So snap shares over the last three weeks, Wilson is 35%, 46% and 48 uh, Mostert is 40%, 44, and 49. 
uh, Mostert's not going to be fully healthy for the rest of the year. And so I, they're going to keep him on kind of a, a snap count. And Wilson is the obvious guy who's benefiting from that. Uh, like Jordan just said, they're playing Dallas. So that's terrific. And I think the absence of Debo Samuel likely increases the amount of touches that Kyle Shanahan wants to give to his running backs. That said, um, I, like, I think that, they, that these guys, both these guys, can hit like 80 yards and score, but I don't think that either one of them is going to like wreck the game kind of a thing. I, I don't think that you're going to get uh, 20 half point PPR points out of either of these dudes, but like 13 that I think that that's possible. Yeah. So uh, two hoes for in favor, one ho drop Todd Gurley for Jeff Wilson. Three of those, <laughs> three of, of those scenarios. I just like I feel like when I make these like games that I I try to make them not complex and yet somehow halfway through the game we're all confused on exactly what the rating scale is or or how it operates. Ah, the beauties of podcasting. All right, Nick, bring it home. Last scenario to talk about: Irv Smith Jr. for the Minnesota Vikings is the top tight end streaming option this week against the Bears. Uh, I, not, not for me. I don't think so. I I'm double checking bears, uh, half point BPR points against, Oh, it's 12.7. Okay. So they're top three. Okay. Right. They can't cover tight ends. Ho, ho Irv Smith. Yeah. He's, he's a really good one. I don't know if he's going to be the the top one, but yeah, it definitely, if, if Rudolph is out, then, then for sure. Clark, what about you? I drafted Travis Kelsey everywhere when everybody told me that wasn't a value, so I don't care about this question. Clark's answer is shrug ho. The fact that Travis Kelsey is about to lead the NFL in receiving yards, just I feel like Clark, you deserve a 30-minute standing ovation for all of all of the emphasis that you put on Travis Kelsey and drafting t- Travis Kelsey and and uh and just like you you are on the forefront of treat Travis Kelsey like a wide receiver one, not a tight end one, and he belongs in the first round. So well done, sir. Instead of the ovation, I would like to use this moment to erase my ranking of Jamal Charles as the number one running back that year he didn't play. Perfect. It has been stricken from the minds of everyone. Jordan, what do you think? Um, I don't really trust the Vikings to keep using Herb Smith if Kyle Rudolph comes back and is like ready to go. They have like this weird affinity for Rudolph and just keeping him either on the roster by signing him to an extension like they did and just using him as a a really key part of what they like to do. Um, He did only play 35% of the snaps on Sunday. So that's a little bit worrisome despite the, um, you know, the amount of production that you did get out of him with that limited time. I, I think they would be, dumb not to use him more but i don't know i I appreciate the the good tight end talk we get to have on here but i'm (laughs) going with like a a lukewarm two hose because i I just if if kyle rudolph is back i think that just completely tanks his value that's fair that's fair to to uh to jordan's point about um the vikings having this affinity for kyle rudolph um clark are you at all involved in the minnesota vikings front office (laughs) (laughs) Let's really get down to the reason here. There's some things that I'm not allowed to discuss on the podcast. (laughs) And I'll intimate that this is one of them. Mm, All right. There you go. We'll let our listeners decipher what that means uh, and figure it out for themselves. 
All right, before we go, everyone, because y'all failed to do it during the podcast, everyone go around and give your best Santa impression because we have to celebrate the holidays appropriately. I'll start. Ho, ho, ho! I feel like I look the most pause. like Santa this Claus. This awkward pause is staying in the podcast because yeah. fuck you guys. <laughs> I feel like I look the most like Santa Claus, and so I'm just going to stand on that. Okay. All right. Well, Clark has a leg to stand on. Clark does a visual. Clark did a visual ho, ho, ho. Yeah, Jordan, I, this is... Jordan looks like he lives in a trailer. <laughs> wow. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That was I, rude. This, You're not getting any hose from me now. Damn it. Oh, You're a ho ho host. <laughs> this kind of stuff is so far out of my comfort zone. I like I have having this, fun. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what was the uh Clark? I thought of you the other day, just when Pete Carroll was like um he's talking about how they need to go back to running the football. And I just it's rung in my head when I was like shouting early in the year about now they pass, now they pass. Now I won't give Pete Carroll, any credit, and you like went off mute just to go. Never will or you. Or you said uh, we'll never be happy, and then just muted again. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And then now, but then Pete was like, "Oh, we gotta get to running again." Like he was talking about how he was watching Chris Carson run, and all he could think was if he had Carlos Hyde out there running with him too. What they could, and I'm just like screaming at my phone. <laughs> this is this is the that worst moment of Nick's existence. It's great. So what Christmas movies have y'all watched so far this year? Mm-hmm. I'll start. Elf, The Santa Claus, and uh, Last Night, Die Hard 1. Nice, nice. Bex and I have made a list of 25 movies that we're slowly making our way through. So we've done we've done a fair amount. Uh, on our list, let me bring it up. We have... Ba-ba-da-bum. All right, we've seen Home Alone, Family Stone, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, both the animated and the Jim Carrey, Mixed Nuts, Elf, Muppet Christmas Carol, Happiest Season, which was good until the end, and El Camino Christmas. And then tonight we are doing Love Actually. Oh, cheers tonight. So, in the so Pete good. household. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. my recommendation is This Christmas, which you can find on Netflix, and um, The Night Before, which has uh, like Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie, Joseph Gordon Levitt. It's a pretty funny movie. But I haven't watched any myself. I watched the actually that uh show on netflix like our how our favorite christmas movies came to be or something like that so they talk about elf it's pretty good like the history of that movie and how it came together if not a little bit manic and a little crazy got it yeah i preemptively took jordan's advice and watched the night before uh like a week and a half ago and uh also watched die hard but other than that no um my girlfriend is is very much into Christmas. I am more tempered, um, but I'm sure because we'll as watch. we know, Nick does not enjoy fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll sign off. Oh, uh, all right. Well, there you go. There's the show. Make yeah. sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and our fantasy basketball pod. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at Pete and Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Uh, and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you maybe later in the week, maybe next week. We'll let you know. But until then, peace. Jordan, I love you. I hate you.
I'm out next week. Damn it!